Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO Chris Wallace. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Dan. Good to be here. Well, Chris, uh, glad to have you back. Hopefully you enjoyed the uh, little bit of Thanksgiving break and looking right back to get into the swing of things here. Um, we'll jump in where we typically do with, with weekly claims. Uh, weekly claims surprised the upside. Uh, we saw them increasing about 20% up to 853,000. We saw pandemic unemployment assistance claims. They rose you know, like 48%. They're, they're up to 428,000. And you know, while we've seen the trend of continuing claims declining over the last several weeks, uh, they actually increased 4% week over week. Um, so, you know, as, a, as an outsider, you know, this looks like and it appears as though the, the seasonal increase in the virus and the increased lockdowns are, are finally beginning to impact the economy. Um, the question to you here is, you know, do you think this is a threat to the ongoing recovery? Um, you know, I don't think it's a threat to the recovery. I don't think it's going to stop the recovery. I think it, it could change the trajectory on the services side, which was already a fairly a weak recovery. Um, but when you really look at the, the leading indicators, not just in the U.S., but over the rest of the world, it's very clear that a, a global recovery is underway on the industrial side of the economy. Um, and that will aid and support the services side as well. Um, now, we've said all along we definitely need stimulus uh, in order to keep the, the services recovery underway. This is just further evidence that that stimulus is going to be needed. Um, and without it, then certainly we could see some softness. Um, the irony is, is that softness will come with a weaker dollar, which will only reinforce the industrial recovery that's already underway. So I don't think it's a threat to the recovery. It just may change the trajectory on the margins. Okay. Well, shifting gears a little bit, um, the consumer price index was poured this morning, and, and that can't higher than um, expectations. And we're seeing Brent crude prices, they breached the, the $50 barrel mark. Um, you know, at the same time, we've seen gold selling off the last couple months. And so, you know, the question, you know, is gold the leading indicator? And do you think that gold is signaling the current increase in inflation is transitory? Uh, you know, I don't. I think what gold is telling you, uh, gold is a leading indicator, uh, to be clear. It, it, it's often led the markets up. It's led the market lower. Uh, the irony is that gold falling with a weaker dollar has, I think, some market participants confused, uh, but they shouldn't be. Uh, we're, we're, this is a textbook recovery. Even if the cause of it being a pandemic is unusual, it's a textbook recovery with early cycles leading. And now we're at the stage of, of the recovery where that the initial bounce is turning into a self-sustaining recovery. And as such, we're going to see an acceleration in inflation and an acceleration in growth. And those two elements together are causing nominal yields to rise and real yields to rise, which is why we're seeing a little bit, if you look at the treasuries, you know, higher lows in treasury yields when they pull back. We're seeing a fall in volatility across the equity markets and across the commodity space, which is bullish for those assets. A rise in volatility as it relates to treasury rates, which is indicative of a sell-off coming in treasury bonds. And that's completely consistent with the stage of the economic recovery. So what I think it's saying is, look, real rates are going to move higher, and they're going to move higher for the correct reason. 
Uh, and that's why gold selling off may not be a harbinger of a big equity market correction. So I think it's happening for all the right reasons. I think growth and, and inflation are accelerating. I think we're going to get a modest backup in Treasury yields. I think it's going to surprise people. And it may mean if the 10-year is going to you know, go to 130, it's going to happen quickly. Um, I don't think it's anything like the 10-year going to 2% or anything like that. That would, that would be a real problem for risk assets and the economy in general. Right. Right. And as you're, as you're talking about you know, surprises or, or some surprises that we, we've seen, uh, I think the, the rally that we've seen or the more specifically the rotation that we've seen um, in the in the fourth quarter is, is probably a big surprise after a long run. Uh, the Russell 2000 value is up about 30 uh, percent. We've seen uh, regional banks and energy both run hard. They're up over 40 percent. Um, and at the same time, uh, the Nasdaq gets up a, a, a paltry 11 percent after <laughs> after years and years of of, uh, of running hard. So, you know, do you think that, that the rotation into cyclicals and out of a month momentum will continue? And do you think we're finally seeing the transition from growth to value? Yeah. I, I think the rotation's going to continue. Um, I don't think it's the big rotation everybody's waiting for from growth and momentum to uh, cyclicals and value. Um, I think, it, again, I think it's the standard playbook. We're getting traction. Growth is spreading through the economy. So, and real rates are rising. So high PE growth momentum names, less valuable in that environment. And then your cyclicals are going to have, you know, earnings beats, uh, raised expectations, and compressing multiples, and they're shorter duration assets, so they're becoming more valuable. So that's the nature of the rotation. Now, why I don't think it's the big uh, secular trend is simply because I think we're coming off oversold levels. A lot of these assets were still deeply oversold. They had rallied off of March into June then sold back off. And so we've kind of seen a catch-up trade here. The ultimate transition to value leadership will be led by commodity prices breaking out. And while commodity prices are going to recover, we're just not at the point in time where you're going to see commodities begin to lead risk assets. And typically these transitions from growth to value happen over many years. Uh, it wouldn't be uncommon for a basing effect to go for two to three years before you see the final transition. Uh, shorter term, I think it continues. Um, you know, there's no question on a relative basis, if you look at small cap, you know, small cap growth is grossly overvalued relative to small cap value. Not saying either one are cheap on an absolute basis. I would say, you know, small cap values you know, fairly valued with some very attractive opportunities in this space. Uh, but really what we've seen, while the treasuries have been selling off, we've seen high-yield spreads come in dramatically. And so we're going to see some more financial engineering. Companies are going to be able to refi debt at much more attractive levels. It's going to free up liquidity for M&A investment and share buybacks or debt retirement. Um, and volatility is continuing to decline. So all of those things tell me that over the near term, and this may end as quick as January if prices move fast enough, uh, but you know, if we have some delays with vaccine or, or we extend this, the, the virus peak into the spring, uh, we may see this cyclical recovery draw out a little further. But I do think it's going to continue, but I don't think it's the big transition yet. Yeah, well, good. 
Uh, well, it'll be certainly interesting to see how long this can ride out. It's been, uh, like I said, it's been, it's been a long while, and, and uh, a lot of folks um, with a little bit more fundamental biases and been waiting for this moment. But, um, well, I guess much more will be remaining to be seen in, in the beginning of 2021, which, uh, which gets us to 2021. Here we are, you know, mid-December, and uh, we're getting close to the end of 2020. You know, market participants, I would say, are are concerned about valuations. You just mentioned yourself looking at the small cap world, you know, while, while value, Russell 2000 value is, is looks um, far more less expensive than the rest of the 2000 growth, both on an absolute basis are expensive. Um, you know, the extended market rally, you know, what, what do you think has become of that? And then how do you view the setup here for, for 2021? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still reasonably constructive. I do think the rotation is going to continue. So, you know, the leadership you had this year early through the first three quarters is, is probably going to shift a bit going into 2021. When you look at the flows, the flows are actually fairly conducive to continued strong equity markets. What we need to see is on the, from a real rate standpoint, we just need to make sure that rates aren't going to move too high to increase that equity risk premium and therefore bring down PE multiples. Um, I do think we're going to have to bring down some earnings estimates for 2021, but that's going to be okay. If we continue to have stimulus, we continue to heal the economy, and we can see that we're going to have earnings growth beyond 2021 into 2022, the market will be able to, to look through some of those earnings adjustments. Um, if we get further compression in the equity risk premium, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the market make a fairly sizable move, you know, S&P up another uh, 8 to 10 percent early into 2021. I think the Russell 2000 value will do uh, materially better than that, similar to what we've seen here in the fourth quarter. Um, but once you get past this seasonal strong period, you know, from January into April, uh, I think you, we need to see what the data does. If the recovery is still in place. I think we could digest the gains we've had this year and early next year over the summer and then, you know, resume in the fourth quarter. If what happens is, and there's early indications this could certainly be the case, that we have this recovery, but we recover back into a very low growth environment. We're going to have some stagflationary issues in the back half of 2021, which is going to mean even uh, bigger declines in earnings estimates and compression of multiples. Uh, you know, the leading indicator or the earliest thing or indicator that, that is giving evidence that we need to be cognizant of that case is the credit impulse within China. China was early in the recovery post the pandemic. Uh, they are the impetus for the reflationary elements uh, that exist in the industrial cycle and in the commodity cycle as they're rebuilding inventories. And their credit impulse has already peaked and starting to roll over. Now, this leads by six to nine months. So we have a clear window here uh, for the first quarter and into the early parts of the second quarter to either see that impulse reverse and continue to increase or further stimulus from other parts of the world to continue moving economic growth forward. But if not, uh, my guess is, you know, similar to uh, 2020, where you had a first half sell-off and then a back half recovery, so kind of a tale of, of two cities. I, I think you're going to see something similar in 2021, where you could see strong market performance early in 2021 and then see it start to reverse materially in the back half of the year. So it's, it's a, it, you know, it's an interesting setup for sure. 
Yeah, for certain. And, and you know, you mentioned, you know, if we do have that jump early in 2021, you know, if we have a, you know, high single digit, maybe even potentially low, low double digit return in, in, the, in the first half, how much of that do you think is just really pulling forward earnings and future performance as opposed to, you know, actual growth and businesses that are driving on, would be driven off based off fundamentals? Yeah, so I actually think it's going to be less of a pull forward. And the reason I say that is what's moving the market now and the leadership in the market being smaller caps and cyclicals is truly based on fundamentals. Uh, you know, we have a relatively sleepy specialty chemical company that we love, and it's a low beta name. And, and they came out earlier this week and increased their cash flow estimates and earnings estimates for 2020 by 20%. Um, and they're still very early in the cycle. And, you know, we don't own a lot of the distressed balance sheets and high beta, high cyclical stocks that have clearly outperformed us during this quarter. But the irony is a company like that, they'll increase their cash flow estimates and earnings 20% this year. That'll play out because they have real sustainable recurring organic growth into 2021. And, you know, it trades at about half the market multiple. So there's still a lot of catch-up to be done, and that's what we're going to see move the market. It's broadening of the market participation. But once everything's fully revalued, then it will become, okay, who can grow from here? And I think we're going to start to see that play out um, by that second quarter of 2021. Well, good. Well, this is a great primer, uh, and we'll, we'll cut off for the rest of the day for here. But uh, looking forward to you know, the next couple of weeks here as, as we wrap up the year and, and looking forward to 2021. I think most folks are, are ready to put 2020 behind them. And so we'll get working on that. We'll, we'll chat here soon. And thank you again, Chris. You bet. Sounds good, Dan. Bye-bye. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson and, or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws.